Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. from Isaiah, Isaiah speaking, basically to God. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness, those who remember in your ways. Behold, you were angry, and we sinned. 
and our sins, we have been a long time, and shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our Father. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people. Please stand for the honor the Holy Gospel according to Saint Mark the thirteenth chapter. Jesus said, in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. But then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he'll send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, the ends of the earth, the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn his lesson. As soon as his branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you don't know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves, come, uh, when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. We do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight, or when the cock crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. For what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who promises to come again and rend the heavens in his final judgment. Amen. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might wake at your presence. This is our text. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, O Lord. Isaiah's plea here today is one of lament. Isaiah's lament is because God promised that because of Judah's sin, he would withdraw his gracious presence from him. And Isaiah had foreseen what would come as a result of Judah's sin. Wrath, devastation, and ruin to Judah. The destruction of the temple and the exile of the Judeans into Babylon. Untold suffering and misery. The death and destruction of the people of Judah. Isaiah mourned what was to come because of the Judeans' refusal to be faithful to the one true God. However, Isaiah remembered God's faithfulness in the past. Remember God rending the heavens, the great and mighty power that God has displayed on Mount Sinai, fire and smoke and deep darkness. Isaiah remembered that Moses went up with the 70 elders on top of Mount Sinai to behold the Lord rending the heavens, coming down with his feet coming and touching the earth as it became sapphire with the sky clear. The Lord ate and drank with the 70 elders. God was physically present among his people. Isaiah hoped to see the day when the Lord again would rend the heavens and descend just as he had descended on Mount Sinai. Isaiah waited in anticipation when the Lord would dwell physically among his people. Isaiah waited for the Lord's judgment. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might wake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire uh, causes water to boil, to make your name known unto your adversaries. Isaiah looked forward to the day when God's enemies would be trampled under his feet and God and God's people free from their oppression to sin, death, and the devil. Isaiah's hopes were fulfilled with the coming of the Lord Jesus, who rent the heavens at his coming. God himself made flesh, tore the heavens asunder. Throughout Christ's ministry, we see the heavens torn, ripped apart. We first see this in Jesus' baptism from Mark chapter 1. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The heavens were torn asunder at the transfiguration of our Lord, with a voice from the cloud proclaiming, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Jesus speaks of his crucifixion, rending the heavens to Nathaniel in John chapter 1. 
that at his death, Nathaniel will see the heavens torn asunder. Truly, truly, I say to you, you'll see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. In Christ's crucifixion, we see all of the dark and terrible parts of Isaiah's vision come true. The fires, the earthquakes, and we see the heavens torn apart in Christ's crucifixion, with that visual representation being the curtain in the temple, being rent asunder. That curtain separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. As Matthew recounts there, and behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split, heaven torn asunder. And it was on the cross where God's adversaries were defeated once and for all, where sin, death, and the devil were judged once and for all. And so the cross takes Isaiah's cry of lament and turns it into our joy. Rending the heavens was not our judgment to eternal hell, but gave to us Christ's everlasting life. When the heavens rend, the joyous exchange occurs and fulfills what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him might we might become the righteousness of God. This is Christ rending the heavens for you so that you may be his own craftsmanship. <laughs> when you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No one has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. When God rent the heavens in Christ, he prepared something far greater than what anything Isaiah could imagine. God's gracious visitation was beyond anything thought possible. Human wisdom could not deduce God taking our human flesh. It had to be revealed to us. God revealed this mystery at the right time in the person of Jesus Christ. Paul, explaining this verse in Isaiah, calls this verse here fulfilled in Christ, and he says, the secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. The Old Testament hope was God's end times gracious visitation to bring both God's grace to his people, but also to bring judgment upon God's enemies. From Adam to John the Baptist, God's people awaited for their Savior. And what was secret and hidden then has now been revealed to you now. And so now we, along with God's Old Testament people, look forward to God rending the heavens again. And we Christians, we do not live in fear of God rending the heavens at Christ's second coming. But we look forward to that rending of the heavens with joyful and eager anticipation. This is what the season of Advent is all about. Waiting with patience until the coming of Jesus. And we look forward to that future with hope and joy, the day when Christ comes 
to judge the living and the dead. So why did God rend the heavens in the first place? Why did Jesus come into the world? Well, it was because of our sin, both original sin, which we have inherited from our first parents, Adam and Eve, and actual sin, the sins that we commit every day. Isaiah proclaims here humanity's spiritual state without Christ, and he says, Behold, we were angry, and we sinned. In our sins we have been a long time. And shall we be saved? We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. And there is no one who will call upon your name, who arouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and you have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. Isaiah proclaims to us here today that we are all long-time sinners. Indeed, I am a 36-year-old long-time sinner. And Isaiah wonders if we can even be saved because of how evil our works are. I mean, if we look at our good deeds, they provide no comfort to us. God here calls our good deeds filthy rags, right? That's, that's the best we could ever offer God, is our dirty laundry. Think about that. That's the best we can offer. Our good works are shot through with our sin, our sinful desires. Our good works are shot through with our stubbornness, pride, and ego. We do works to make ourselves feel better rather than to serve others and to be benefit of our neighbor. Without Christ and his grace, we are indeed slaves to sin. And the thing is, is even if we did all the commandments perfectly, do you think God would thank us? Following God's commands would be the bare minimum. Jesus speaks to this in the Gospel of Luke when he says, does he thank the servant because he did what he commanded? So also when you have done all that you commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what is our duty. We are indeed unworthy servants. And, and more than that, more than that, without Christ, whatever we do and whoever we are will melt away in that day of judgment. When without Christ, only our evil will remain. Only our sin will remain, as Isaiah proclaims. You have hidden your face from us, and you have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. And if everything about us were to melt away, if everything of who we are melts away and only sin remains, right? This is what the literal Hebrew is here to melt. It's like blowing away in the chap, right? It all disintegrates before God and only our sin remains. What would that look like? What is the last sin you committed? Would it be anger you had toward your spouse in an argument that you had? Would it be looking at someone with lust in your heart? Would it be spreading gossip in your workplace? Would it be swearing by God's name as you tell a lie? Insulted someone? Imagine on the last day that you stand before the throne of 
God and everything about you is wiped away, and you're defined by the last sin you ever committed, and that's for eternity. You know, for me, everything about me without Christ would vanish, right? Me being a pastor, I love being a pastor, I love doing my vocation. But if I am faithless, you know, everything about that will melt away on the last day, and, all, and I will remain in my sins in the judgment. It is indeed a very terrifying fate for everything that you are to melt away and only your sin to remain. It is the fate of all those who do not cling to Christ, the crucified Lord. Isaiah appeals to God's good and gracious character as the creator of all. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are the work of your hand. This is who we are in Christ. We are redeemed creatures, redeemed by his blood. We're not only long-time sinners, but we are also eternal saints. In Christ, we are also God's fine craftsmanship to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. It is God who is the one who created you and does good work in you by creating you first and by redeeming you. He sculpted and crafted you as his fine masterpiece for a specific purpose, a specific calling in life. God has carefully slotted you in his creation the various vocations as mother, father, sister, brother, son, daughter, you know, the various professions, whatever, whenever and wherever God has given you the opportunity to do good works. It is not out of our pride or out of our self-service because we know that God doesn't need our good works, right? All we can, best we can offer God is our dirty laundry, right? That's the best we can do. The object of our good works is always our neighbor. And our neighbor is whoever that, where our vocation is, immediately to serve the needs of people with our good works. And these good works, these are the ones that give glory to God. And he goes back to our gospel reading from last Sunday when the disciples say to Jesus, he said, they say, And when did we see you, a stranger, and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? On the last day, the Lord will crown you with good works that you never even knew that you did, right? It may be that, for instance, that diaper that you changed in the middle of the night when you were half asleep, right? Um, it may be a work that is crowned by the Lord as you're calling as a parent, right? That good work that we crown on the last day. You know, the point being is, is that we just don't know. And that's the point. Good works flow freely from faith. God turns our inward, self-serving nature outward to serve others. And this is the true gospel freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from our selfish desires. Free to serve God with a clean conscience. And not only that, God took the form of this very clay to become one of us. So that we may truly God call God our Father. 
Christ became one of us so that we may be adopted sons and daughters of God. And the thing is, if we're being honest, we are just a bunch of dirtbags, right? Literally, right? We're made out of the dust of the earth, just as our father Adam was. And so, again, the only thing that we can ever offer to God is our dirty laundry. But the good news to you here today is that God loves dirt. God loves our dirty rags. God in Christ bled for me and for you to forgive you all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He rent the heavens asunder when he came in the womb of the Virgin Mary as an unborn child to save the world from our sins. And the Christ child would go on, grow up, and he would die for the sins of the world. He would rend the heavens again. And more than that, risen from the dead, he would rend the heavens yet again as he ascended to the right hand of power, where he now lives and reigns as the king of the universe for you. And that king is coming back to judge the living and the dead. And he will rend the heavens again for you. And that is our prayer today, that he would rend the heavens, that he would be with us here today, both here as we worship, here as we receive his word and sacrament, the body and blood and the bread and the wine, as heaven intersects earth, as Christ rends the heavens here today, so we may receive his gift of forgiveness and love in the, in the sacrament of the altar, but that also that he would come again in glory on that last day, that our prayer is that he would come quickly and rend the heavens so that we may be received into his kingdom for eternity. For he loves you. He loves this world. He loves dirtbags. And so look heavenward with joyful and eager anticipation that Christ is coming again to make all things new. Praise God that he has saved us from our sins. Praise God that he has lavishly forgiven our sins. And praise God that he has redeemed us so that we may do good works to serve our neighbor. Be faithful that Jesus comes again to rend the heavens. He is certainly coming again. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Thank you.
Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.